0: Welcome to the Why God Why podcast, brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Dylan Carnevale, and I'm the Browncroft staff and producer of the show. I'm joined today by our host, Peter Englert, the Director of Adult Ministries here at Browncroft, and John Amayo, the New York State Crew Director. Why God Why is a podcast where we ask 21st century questions about God that you never thought you could. And today we have a guest, Dan DeRosiers. He's the Creative Arts Director at Connection Church in Pottstown, PA, and we're talking about... Why God, why should I be open to the
1: weird opportunities in my life?
0: Well, uh, I love uh, having a podcast. I get a chance to interview my friends. And, uh, so the question we're dealing with today, why God, why, why should I be, uh, checking out uh, be more open to the weird opportunities in my life? I look at my friend Dan DeRozier's life and I literally think of all the weird opportunities and, um, I don't think they always come as packaged as we think they are. And I think he's a living example of that. John, what do you think about this question?
1: Well, I think uh, we have a lot of weird opportunities presented to us every day. And just sticking through each of those weird opportunities.
2: So much, thank you. It's it's really an honor to be here with you guys. It's great to see what's been created here.
1: You're
0: a big part of that. So you could say that you could say that Dan's the grandfather of this podcast.
2: Mm. Well, I gladly take that <laughs> uh, that role. Definitely, I've got I've got a pocket full of Werther's original
0: <laughs> just for you guys. Speaking of weird opportunities, uh, Dan, <laughs> what? The I, I learned I, I learned from Dan in uh, the old Media Tech Weekly. Um, anyways, uh, so Dan, let's talk about this. You know, as you think about this question, you've taken a lot of weird opportunities. You know, why don't you just give us a few of those that you kind of look back at and you're like, that was really weird, but I'm glad I did it. Maybe one or two that you're like, ah, oh, that wasn't a good idea.
2: Yeah, I, f- I honestly feel like most of my life has been like this series of weird opportunities. And um, I I guess I hadn't really thought about it before, um, before you guys posed this question. And I started thinking about like, man, yeah, there have just been so many things in my life, doors that have opened. um, And I feel like I need to preface a little bit of my story by saying a, a couple of things. One of them being, I'm going to say in my story that I heard God speak to me, okay? I am not a wildly spiritual person in the sense of like where I, you know, just like like meditate or like feel things really deeply in, in some kind of weird way. I, I just, I think that's important to say like I, I feel like I'm a normal person. Other people may beg to disagree, but I feel like I'm pretty normal. Um, but there have been some significant moments in my life where I've felt God speaking to me, um, impressing something on my heart. And that honestly is, ha- has been a big part of what has contributed to me actually taking the weird opportunities that, that have come along my path. One of them was uh, I I studied music in college. I, I felt strongly about the place that I was uh, going to college. I went to the University of Valley Forge in Pennsylvania, and um, I knew I was supposed to go there and to study music. Music was an important part of my life in high school, and I was preparing for a, a life of um, of music. And so I was in my eighth semester. I w- the, my, my particular major was church music. And um, so in case you're not aware of that, like there are people who uh, like their vocation is essentially they're doing the music, being a worship leader, as we call it, or or leading music during church services, along with other things. But like this is like a. Career path, and that was, your uh, so that was what I was preparing at for. This point in your life, that was my. At that point, it was yeah. my dream gig, right? So I'm I'm preparing for that. I'd studied. I'm in my eighth semester. I'm doing my internship at a at a church not too far from uh, from where the, the university was is, and uh, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, "You're not going to do this with the rest of your life," right? And now at the same time that i was studying music i had been more than dabbling in things like video production i had been working part time for the for the university making promotional videos i had been working in the recording studio i've been doing a lot of media type of things but it was more that was more like what else i did not what i was you know kind of supposed to be doing studying those kind of things so i felt god say this to me and um, you know, I told my mom afterwards, like, "Mom, I I really felt the Lord speak to me that I'm not supposed to do this the rest of my life." And she goes, "Oh no, honey, <laughs> you ju- you just wasted four years, you know." But I I actually felt like, man, this is an opportunity, perhaps for me to pursue these other th- this other pathway that I had been working okay, no, toward. I, I, I I need to pause,
1: hit the pause button here real quick with you, because as you're talking about this, I'm I'm going like, okay, there's people hearing you tell that story, and they go, like, that sounds really... Some of them are like, wow, that sounds amazing. Some of them are like, that sounds really mystical. Like, when you when used you, you that phrase, like, God, I really felt like God spoke to me. What, was it an audible voice? Was it something that... Get an impression. Like, how does that happen
2: for you? You know, I was I was in the back hallway of this church, and I was the the guy that I was interning with. He was maybe four or five steps ahead of me, and for me, it was this this thought in my head that just like, boom, it was there, and it was you're not going to do this with the rest of your life, and. I think what made it significant for me, like if if I was in line at Chick-fil-A and I had a thought that was like, you're going to eat an original chicken sandwich. Like, like that's just like a good idea. I mean, I think the spicy is a better idea, but I mean, it's a good idea. But I think what, what gave it significance for me is that, I had this parallel pathway that had credibility, added credibility to that. Like it, it it, was foreign because I was planning on, on getting a job in a church right after, after college. And I'm now 15 years after college and my job right now, this is the first church I have ever worked in. Wow. My first church job it 15 years later. Okay. So, um, but I think, it would, it would also be one, another thing if it was this wild idea, like, I should buy a boat. Like, that. that's this rant. You know what I mean? It's this random, but it was so connected. And by the way, it was my first day of my internship as well. Oh, wow. It was day one. Um, and it was just, it's not like I had this terrible experience. I actually had an awesome internship. It was the best. And... knowing that I was, you know, I think it took me a little while to come to grips with with the reality of sort of that revelation. But knowing that I wasn't going immediately into vocational music ministry did not negatively affect my experience at all. In fact, I had a really, really good experience. Do
1: you think? And I, 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 I'm I sorry to interrupt your story here, but but I, I feel like there's some things in here that, like, in your experience that are really going to speak to people. Do you feel like God does that as a part of his regular deal? Do you feel like in people's lives, like, he will step in and go, like, oh, if I, if he wants you to do something, like, he will guide you specifically into that. Or is that a one-off yeah.
2: scenario? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I do. And I think there are there are moments. Now, I I also firmly believe in free will, <laughs> and I believe that uh, God gave us a brain. Use it. Um, I don't think that we are part of God's cosmic chessboard, Um I don't think that highly of myself to think that that like God is up there like, oh, wow, let's see what, you know. I just don't think that. Um, but I do think that God uses a lot of different things to help direct us. Sometimes he uses other people talking to you. Sometimes he uses maybe a portion of scripture or um, if someone's praying for you or encouraging you. I think there are a lot of ways that God speaks to us. I'm not one of the people that believes that God spoke to people in the Bible and then stopped. Um, I'm Pentecostal, so in that way, I really do believe that that the Holy Spirit is working and active today. Maybe that maybe that does make me a mystic and make me you know something weird. I don't know, um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for someone who is seeking God um, that He would speak to them. And that he would guide them. And I think sometimes that is just the prayer that we need to be in submission to God and to say, you know, God, what I have is yours. I mean, that's, a I could tell you another part of my story that that is exactly that, where God answered, I, I gave, my wife and I gave ourselves in a situation completely to God. And he changed the course of our life uh, because we said, whatever you say to do, we will do, wherever you say to go, we will go we meant it and god mm. didn't
1: so yeah well why don't you tell us that story that i mean you just set it up so well right there i mean i feel like we would yeah, it's like miss. you
0: done a, yeah. it's like you've done a podcast interview before so you know <laughs> yeah right <laughs> in another
2: life peter <laughs> um so after after college i started working at the university of valley forge i was a faculty member there i helped to start a digital media major where i was i i had at at it at my peak we had 135 students in the program. Um, I I felt like honestly I was at the peak of my career. It was like I loved my job. We were having great success. Students were were loving the program. They were graduating. They were getting jobs. Like it really. It, we were getting lots of outside opportunities to uh, produce videos for large events and just all different kinds of things. And right in the midst of that my wife and I started to feel that perhaps there was a change coming and i had done uh this was calendar year 2013 i had spent the first part of the year in cairo egypt doing a documentary film project and um that really messed me up to be honest like to to be in the middle east um, this is post – if you remember when Tahrir Square was burned essentially to the ground and the Arab Spring and all of that kind of stuff and um, kind of in the middle of some of the unrest in, in Cairo specifically as the ideological center of Islam. Um, and it really messed me up being there, and, and I, I just experienced some things that impacted me greatly. and um, in And in May of that same year, I spent a couple of weeks back in North Africa and in Spain for a little bit and was presented with the opportunity to uh, potentially be part of leading a media missions organization based out of Madrid. Um, And so what that would essentially mean would be I'd have to quit my job. Um, My wife and I would both have to quit our jobs. We would have to raise support as missionaries. We'd have to raise a significant uh, monthly budget, become missionaries, um, and then sell or give away everything that we owned and and move to Spain. Um here's the thing though, I really mm. loved my job. i We had just found out on the day that we left to go to Spain, we had just found out that we were pregnant with our daughter Paisley, our first daughter. Um, and we I certainly didn't want to think like, man, this is such a great opportunity. It's good for my career. We like, I would be leading this organization. Like I just didn't want like the thought of moving up to be what drove me toward doing something like that. Even though like, it's not like it would be, it wouldn't be a pay increase by any stretch of it would be a pay decrease and I'd have to raise the money. Like it's not that it would just be like something that would be very powerful for the Lord. And so we had, uh, I had kind of made a deal with God. I said, okay, God, <laughs> if you want us to consider going to Spain to be part of this organization, I don't want you to call me um, like you did when when I was at my internship. I don't want to hear a voice. I don't want to be called in a prayer time. I, Cause we've heard of the call of God, right? I don't want a call, a traditional call in that sense. I want someone to call me on the phone. That was the type of call I wanted from God. I wanted someone to approach me so that it wasn't me seeking an opportunity. I wanted the opportunity to seek me.
1: Like you weren't expecting like an angel or like, what were
2: you, like, Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, not at all. I, I wanted, I wanted so a human. <laughs> okay,
1: good. Yes, good okay, yes. Good. yes,
2: yes. So, Uh, we had been, we had been home from that trip for a month and nobody called six weeks, nobody called. And I remember, uh, standing in, in the front doorway area. Peter remembers exactly the spot where our candy dish was at our, at our townhome. And, uh, and my wife looked at me and she said, nobody's called you. How does that make you feel? Again, this is after about a month and a half. And I said, how does it make me feel? It makes me feel great because it means that we are right where God wants us. Where like, I was really expecting if we were supposed to do this, something was going to happen. And uh, so we had, uh, we had been married for five years. We we're getting ready to have a baby. We looked at each other. We said, let's buy a house. So I started shopping for mortgages. We started looking at some just online Zillow, whatever, looking at properties. We went upstairs and we prayed. It was probably the single most heartfelt prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And we cried and we said, God, we are yours completely. Whatever you say to do, we will do. Wherever you say to go, we will go. I am not making this up. The next day on my way home from work, my phone rang and it was the president of the university and he said, uh, Dan, we received a call in our office asking permission to contact you, to call you about a potential job with Assemblies of God World Missions. Do you know anything about this? <laughs> and this is like the, the the afternoon, the following day, like not even 24 hours later. I'm like, oh God, yes, I know exactly what this is about. And about a week later, my phone rang, and it was the the executive or the, uh, the direct regional director for Assemblies of God World Missions Europe – Um, saying, Dan, we've never met, you don't know me, and I've never done this before, but I just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit that I needed to pick up my phone and call you and tell you about an opportunity we have in Spain. Guys, That I I wish I could say that was enough for me, but it was like, I also knew that the deal I made with God was if we were supposed to consider (laughs) going, I wanted a phone call, so... But ultimately we did, we decided that like, what did we have to lose beside everything? And um, so we did it. We, we raised funds, we, we moved to Europe. We, I didn't end up leading the organization. Um, that ended up changing for us, um, which opened the opportunity for me to actually relocate after only 18 months of being in Spain, relocate to Springfield, Missouri. And I worked for that same man who uh, had called me on the phone and uh, I got to be a part of, uh, of what he was, was subsequently doing in Europe throughout the entire continent. And then when God su- called us to where we are now, I got to stand in his office and have him affirm. Now, I'm, I'm quitting, right? And he affirmed the decision for us to go, and he also sensed that it was right for us to do it. So I, I'm saying this and it sounds like to, to the skeptic, this probably all sounds really weird. Um, and honestly, maybe most of my story, if, if you are a skeptic, maybe most of my story is like, man, he was at the right place at the right time. Or like, there are a lot of coincidences. Um, but all I can say is that I believe that my heart is to be used by God and, um, when I think about approaching the weird situations in my life, if my heart is to be in the will of God, I really think that is difficult to make Mm. a mistake.
0: Well, and just, um, this is why it's fun interviewing friends. Um, Dan and I actually got to travel together for a little bit and I'll never forget going to Massachusetts. Um, and we had to go to this conference and, um, you know, for those of you creatives and video, you know, uh, producers, will call it like there's a ton of opportunities, but like not every opportunity is good. So we're in Massachusetts. Dan's like Dan and I are ready to get dinner. And this guy walks up to Dan and like classic nobody knowing how video works, how much it costs, how much time it takes. He's like, hey, Dan, can you record me? (laughs) <laughs> and I'll never forget like it was the most for someone that has hard say hard time saying no. It was like the most gracious no it was like, oh, that sounds great. I can't do it. <laughs> and so like <clears throat> I know I'm listening to this and it all makes sense because I know you. But I also know that you've been very like strategic about saying no, because there's two sides to this. There's I'll say yes to everything. So I've said yes to nothing or I'll say no to everything and I miss out help everybody understand like your thought process to these weird opportunities.
2: Yeah. So, so another little, little tiny part of our story, right, right before we moved from Spain, um, I won't go into detail uh, about our, our time there that we had some challenges there. Um, but there was, there was a week at the end of May, um, in 2017, I'm not making this up. I got five job offers, (laughs) five job offers, one a day for five days. Um, Don't know why, like I still to this day don't like people were calling me like I live in Madrid. Okay. (laughs) Someone, someone from the hills of Pennsylvania calls me up and says, Hey, I know you're doing the missions thing right now, but, um, you know, we could really use someone like you at our church and, uh, a couple of other things. And one of the opportunities was, um, with, with a friend of mine who, runs a very successful media organization. They're on almost 7,000 media outlets around the world. One of the most successful media organizations that I've seen from the inside. And he he's nearing retirement age and he wanted me to succeed him as the president of this pretty prestigious, large scale uh, media organization. And I think if my if my heart was either a I gotta get out of here or B, I need to make a stepping stone to to go to something that's bigger and better and greater. I think I would have really been tempted to take one or more of those jobs either in in a, an organization, a large church or you know at, at this media thing um but when when I approach these these uh, decisions. And, well, And by the way, two weeks later was when I got a, a, another call. It was a Skype call this time asking me to consider leaving Spain and moving to Missouri to, to do this directive communications thing. Um, so I, I say that to say like there, there are a lot of like coincidences, quote unquote, or things that happen that sort of influence the, what happens in these situations. But as it, as it comes to me, a few things that we always do. Number one, I never make a decision without my wife. Um, she is pragmatic in the best possible way. Um, and she's also sensitive to r- our realities, but also to wanting to be um, somewhere where we can be best used in the area of our our gifting and, and our calling. Um, the second thing is we always, always approach these kind of matters in prayer. Mm. And um, I I don't think there's anything, you might have like um, fasting, especially intermittent fasting is like really Mm. popular right now. Um, We, for large decisions, we rarely will make a large decision without doing some sort of fasting and prayer. I don't think there's anything magical about it, by the way. Um, And we don't do it, in order to get a result but i think it puts our mindset in a place where we can um clear our minds where we can concentrate on on scripture and on hearing from the lord and um one one of the things that we fasted and prayed about uh you, you know i might sound from the beginning of my interview like i hear from god all the time um, for twenty, we did a twenty-one day Daniel fast, where we only ate basically fruits and ve- fruits and vegetables for twenty-one days uh, to make a decision, and we did not hear anything from God for twenty-one days. And it was the morning of the twenty-second day, with the cinnamon rolls <laughs> proofing in the oven, that I got an email from someone that answered the question that we were asking during those three weeks. Um, So I I, I think for us, it's fasting and prayer and it's, for me, it's not making the decision alone or in a vacuum. Um, And then ultimately looking, I think when you think about making large decisions, maybe it's a a career choice or should I move or um, things relating to your kids. Like, I I really think if you can find a way, if you're an external processor, if you can find a way to talk to someone, to talk it out, to talk to someone who can look from the outside at the greater arc of your life, if you're a goal setter, uh, making decisions that put you one step closer to your mid or longer term goals, like if my... If my long-term, my midterm goal is to become a podcast host, then it becomes really easy for me to say yes to uh, to an interview like this. If if um you know, my midterm goal is to go completely off the grid and uh erase myself from from uh existence on the internet. This is probably it's probably an easy no.
0: <laughs> right? Ron Swanson baby. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's so good. I love how you're describing your process because there's you're you're not painting it as a simple right? like easy process.
2: I, I really don't think there's anything wrong with being risk averse. I think there's a lot that's very smart about being risk averse. Um, I don't consider myself a risk taker. You might listen to my story and say, yeah, right. That's a, you're, you're full of beans. Uh, but
1: that are listening to our
2: podcast, we'll say that. Yes. You're full definitely. of beans. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's why I bring it up. <laughs> but um. I, I honestly am relatively risk averse, but here's what I do. I will take calculated risks. So I'm looking at upside and downside risk. I'm saying, okay, what what do I have to to lose by doing this? what versus what do I have to lose by not doing this? Um, and you're right. like if you've grown up in the in the same town and your all of your family is there, and you're thinking man i've got this job opportunity in in austin or in portland like what is what do i have to gain what do i have to lose i think the the more you don't take risks the more you won't take risks mm-hmm. right sometimes it takes a, a little non uh how do i want to say it 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 takes making taking a risk that doesn't have that much of a downside to sort of prime the pump Mm -hmm. uh, so to speak in taking larger risks like i hadn't moved from i had like changed apartments or whatever but i essentially from 2001 until 2016 I had lived in the same town in southeastern Pennsylvania, Mm. right? I had had one job after, after college. Um, And all of a sudden, five years of, uh, in the last five years, we, okay, so just track this with me. We moved out of our. Town home uh, in Phoenixville. We were homeless for three months because we didn't know with with a baby with two babies because we didn't know when we were going to get issued our visa to move to Spain. We moved to Spain. We were homeless for seven weeks because there uh, there was no housing available uh, in like six or seven square miles that was appropriate for us. So we were seven weeks homeless. We ended up uh, finding a great place to live. We were there. We were in that place for uh, 15 months and moved to, uh, I say we moved to Missouri. We actually it was in the middle of a hurricane that Alicia uh, moved back to the States with our previous two children and a two-month-old, had to get last minute tickets was with my parents for 10 days. We were with her parents in Florida for two months because all of our stuff got stuck, um, in transit. And then when we finally were able to move into our apartment in Missouri, all of our stuff was broken, uh, because it had been, uh, destroyed in transit. We were in that apartment for 18 months and we were not homeless in that transition. Um, Moved, moved to Pennsylvania, finally bought our first home. We've been here for, uh, for like six or seven months. Um, that was five years. And guess what guys, it's been five years since I lived two towns to the East and I'm back literally in the same County, but I've been homeless four times. We've lived in, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know that you can script that kind of thing, but here's what I will say. Like, taking that first risk and and making that first move, every subsequent move and decision got easier and easier and easier. And, and I mean, we've had to change our dentists 18 times, but besides that, like, <laughs> it, it, all of these things, like, like, you know, change, like changing doctors, like all of, Like, I don't, I don't, I haven't had a doctor in five years. I don't know. I don't know where my medical records are. Like, these things that we find comfort in, I guess is what I'm driving at. Like, the the normalcy that we find comfort in, sometimes if you just shake it loose a little bit, you find that it's actually not that hard. Like, it's not that hard to. I showed back up in the United States. I didn't have a car, I didn't have car insurance, I didn't have. Anything. There was nothing that was established. We were literally starting from scratch 18 months after we had, I felt like kind of like a foreigner, but it was like, well, this isn't that bad. Like, I just have to pick an insurance Mm. provider and select a car. And you know what I mean? Like Those things that we think are are so giant in our life, if you actually zoom out and think about it, those things are not necessarily that Mm. big.
0: Dan, you know, one of the things I love what you just said there, because I I think in the first part of our interview, you know, and you've kind of brought this up, you know, you tell your story so well that it's like, he didn't go through any hiccups. And then you just told it (laughs) and you're like, my life is a hiccup, like not necessarily in a bad way. (laughs) I'm curious what you think, because I can imagine some of our listeners are like, you know, I don't even see a weird opportunity. Like there's no one calling me. And like, I just kind of feel stuck. I mean, I'd just be curious what your response to that them would be.
2: My response to someone who doesn't doesn't feel like there are opportunities is probably probably similar to the way that I was before all of this crazy stuff started. Not, I guess not all of this crazy, but like my last five years, right? Before five years ago, six years ago, I had designed. My existence To be as low friction as possible
0: mm.
2: Peter What did I have every morning For breakfast
0: uh, You're putting me on the spot here Coffee and a Pop-Tart right Well Smoothie You're come over I, my I, house well, for smoothies you know, I, I, remember, I remember the pop, Now I remember the smoothies it's like yeah, what is lie. coffee and a Pop-Tart? No. <laughs> 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 Wrong. Minus $600. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Let, let's not talk about fiber one bars, but anyways, keep going. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'm a ticking time bomb. Uh, I had designed my experience to be, uh, or my existence to be as low friction as possible. Uh, I did the same stuff. I had a group of friends who I love to hang out with and essentially every week looked basically the same, um, you know, with, with a a small degree of variance and guess what? It was great. Like it was a great time and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, uh, but here's what I am saying by mixing it up a little bit by joining a bowling league and you're like, I don't know how to bowl. Like, it's okay. Like, by going to, and, and it's right now during COVID-19, please don't join a bowling league. Those uh, <laughs> those bowling balls are disgusting. Um, <laughs> and they're not Let's open face anything.
1: it, they're disgusting no matter whether there's a pandemic going on or not. But that's, you know, beside the point. Anyway.
2: Doing something different. Doing something new, trying something where you can be in the company of someone who's maybe outside of your socioeconomic class or who doesn't like the same things that you might like, um, who doesn't have the same political ideology mm-hmm. that you do. And I'm not saying go into these, these environments to pick a fight, but I think just like shaking normal loose a little bit, like if you can Let's assume that things will be open again, like going to one of those weird flea markets where you can just like watch people or or go to an auction or um, watch something different on on television. Watch a movie that you wouldn't normally watch, like open your your mind. If you've never engaged scripture before, like maybe try or read a devotional or go somewhere online where you wouldn't have gone before. Try something that pulls you out of your normal and puts you into maybe a situation that is a little bit uncomfortable. You might be surprised what you like and you might be surprised at what you really don't Mm. like. (laughs) You know? Um, I I think if we can get to a point where we're not just doing the same thing and if we do something different, we might get different results in our life.
0: Well, and I think what you're saying is Whenever we say that there's no opportunity, we're probably blind to about a thousand different opportunities that are in front of us,
2: yeah, yeah, we, absolutely. we could we could be driving by the opportunity every day or it could be right in front of us. um, one of the things that that um is really easy to do that I think um I think there are a lot of people that are that are doing it these days, but like, you know when you get when you get takeout, like giving an obscenely large tip, or like Alicia and I used to do it. There's a Friendlies if you guys remember, remember Friendlies, uh, my hometown, Wilbraham, Massachusetts, home of Friendlies ice cream. <laughs> so I kind of have a little bit of it's just a little bit nostalgic for me. Uh, but we we would we haven't done it in a while, but we would go down to, down to Friendlies here in in Pottstown, PA, and um, inevitably we would engage the waitress in conversation, and if you're like working at the Friendly's breakfast shift, you're probably not like living your best life, Joel Osteen. And so like we would engage him in a conversation and we would just like leave a very generous tip and not to get any kind of recognition or even to be there when she discovered it, but just like, I don't know, it would just feel good to like, wow, we heard some of her story. This could really bless her and just do something like something unusual. We didn't do it a lot and it was mainly like right there at, at Friendly's. Um, but it can at least get your brain juices flowing in a way that like, there are opportunities out there and sometimes you just have to make them up.
0: And it was a happy ending, not just cause you ordered the Sunday either. So, you know,
2: not after breakfast.
0: Uh, there you go. So I kept on thinking about the prodigal son and that story Jesus tells is in Luke 15. And, um, i think about how you know this this son who steals or takes his father's inheritance basically pretends like he's dead and goes and takes all the weird opportunities quote unquote and he like the worst of the worst he's feeding pigs and i'm just thinking about him every single day of just Why doesn't he just go back and take that opportunity to come to the father? And one day when he does and um, he comes back and his dad's like waiting for him to come home. And, you know, as I think about my story, John, as I think about your story, especially Dan's story, like I think we think these ultimate these weird opportunities are about us going to new places, but I wonder if these weird opportunities are ultimately a picture of us being brought home to God. So, you know, you might be a skeptic out there and you're saying, listening to this podcast is a weird opportunity. Um, and you might be like a church person, you follow Jesus for a long, long time. But I wonder if engaging this topic about weird opportunities, if it's really an invitation to to know God in a deeper way and I that's just what I think Jesus might say. I think
2: I'm going to use Jesus's own words here and and I think he would say these words to someone who maybe is a little bit fearful of the future or maybe there's an opportunity in front of you that you're not sure mm. if you should take it or you're you're nervous about what What if there is a weird opportunity, how will I know what to do? Um, and the words of Jesus out of Matthew chapter six, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or st- sow away, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And then down to verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Be encouraged by those words. Don't worry. Um, We don't have to worry but we if we seek god first if we seek him first don't seek the opportunity don't seek the advancement seek god and i really believe for you that he will reveal himself and he'll reveal those opportunities to you
0: dan thanks so much um are you still on twitter at the prof d All right, so you can follow Dan on the Prof D. He tweets uh, every quarter, at least. And uh, he's (laughs) on uh, Instagram and Facebook. You can look him up. Uh, You can follow us at Why Why at hashtag uh, WGWpodcast. Also, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, We would love for you, as I would say, to leave us a five-star review. Um, uh, John would say, leave us a review that you would desire especially if it's five star so we thank you so much for joining us today and uh thank you for being with us at the why god why podcast